We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the Doug Collins Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Do you want to listen to a podcast? By who? Georgia GOP Congressman Doug Collins. How, how is it? The greatest thing I have ever heard in my whole life. I could not believe my ears. In this house, wherever the rules are disregarded, chaos and mob rule. It has been said today, where is bravery? I'll tell you where bravery is found and courage is found. It's found in this minority who has lived through the last year of nothing but rules being broken, people being put down, questions not being answered, and this majority say, be damned with anything else. We're going to impeach and do whatever we want to do. Why? Because we won an election. I guarantee you, one day you'll be back in the minority, and it ain't going to be that fun. Hey, everybody, it's Doug Collins. Welcome back. Uh, glad you're here. And also, uh, got some special, special stuff coming up. I want to, this is going to be one of the first times you're going to hear about this. You're going to hear about it a little bit more. But I'm going to just sort of put a bug in your ear for my podcast listeners, especially if you go to the DougCollinsPodcast.com. The DougCollinsPodcast.com. Go up and sign up for the collective, which is our uh, newsletter. Uh, we've got a special, special trip coming up. Uh, I can't say any more right now, but it's going to be. Coming up in the spring, you're not going to want to miss this. It's going to be with me and my bride. Uh, got a lot of neat stuff coming up. You're going to be hearing much, much more about this here. But I just, hey, it's my show. I'm going to give a little bit of preview. Be aware. Go to the DougCollinsPodcast.com, sign up, download the, and make sure you download the episodes, subscribe to the episodes wherever you get your podcast, so we can keep this uh, great thing going here on the Doug Collins Podcast. Glad to have you with us, Turning. Today's going to be a fun day. You know, we, we've done a lot here in the last few weeks on the podcast of some in-depth stuff with, you know, some great guests uh, with policy. We've also hit a lot of, uh, you know, just the different things going on in Washington, D.C. and also football. But I just want to take a few minutes to go back to something we've done in this podcast throughout. And let's talk about leadership. And let's talk about leading, um, you know, people in your workplaces, in your family, in your environment. Now, again, any leader that stands up or anybody who purports to write a book on leadership and says that they have every answer is just frank. Let's just lie. Okay, we don't have all the answers. You don't. You know, you can read seventy-five books. You get seventy-five similar answers, and seventy-five that you, you know. Then eh, maybe I can, maybe not. The reason we do this, and the reason I wanted to take another day and do this, is one, it's got a fun topic. I found a book a number of years ago by Pat Williams, and if you're looking, if you're watching us on Rumble, or you're watching on YouTube, you can see this here. And, and this is Bear Bryant on leadership. Paul Bear Bryant, you know how much I love football, and you know how much uh, I grew up in the, in the state of Georgia. I'm a, a Georgia fan, a University of Georgia fan. My two boys went to the University of Georgia. Um, I live 40 miles from the campus. We have season tickets. I mean, I go. Um, but I have a story, and his name was Bo Copeland. Not my Bo, but Bo Copeland, who was my granddaddy. My granddaddy was a dairy farmer down in Greene County, Georgia, which is about 25 miles roughly from Sanford Stadium. Um, and from the earliest remembrances I have of going to my granddaddy's dairy farm, uh, I remember him with a houndstooth hat. I remember, uh, him talking about Bear Bryant 
and talking about uh, how much he liked Bear Bryant. Now, how he got to there, I never, I was too young to really ask him the question, well, how did you get, you know, fond of Bear Bryant, you know, University of Georgia? He still loved the dogs. I mean, he was there, but he's like me. He grew up from a football perspective or, or team perspective, University of Georgia and University of Alabama and mainly because of Bear Bryant. In fact, I almost went to Alabama. I was accepted years and years and years ago to go to Alabama. Didn't go. Uh, my son uh, was, and, and he chose to go to Georgia. Uh, again, Alabama runs deep, and it runs deep because of uh, my granddaddy Copeland. And it's something over the years that people have you know questioned me about, talked to me about, and it really goes back to for me, not only my grandfather, but also now as I've grown in, in, in my own adulthood and life and leadership, uh, something about Bear Bryant just always attracted me, uh, just like I guess it did my grandfather. One of the funny stories that, that was, was told, uh, anecdotal stories, is that a long time ago, Wally Butts, who was a coach at Georgia, Paul Bear Bryant was the coach at Alabama, and they were involved in uh, a scandal that was, uh, they were sued Um over, and I think it was a cheating scandal. And I'd have to go back and get the details. But the funny part of the whole story was, is they were on trial, literally uh, Bear Bryant in the stand and the defense attorney, or the plaintiff attorney knew they lost the case when Bear Bryant, something happened to his glasses. And the story goes that three people in the jury box uh, offered to give him theirs. Uh, you just see the power of Bear Bryant. You just see the, the, the mystique of the bear, if you look at it. So looking at this today and, and thinking about it, one of the things when I was in Washington uh, in, in Congress, I had a uh, plaque that sat on my desk. It now sits on my desk in, in uh, my other office, but it sits on my desk in Washington, D.C. And it said this, it's, if anything goes bad, I did it. If anything goes, seems to go good, semi good, we did it. If anything goes really good, you did it. And that's a quote from Bear Bryant. And if you look at it from the perspective of how he, what that, how that really takes it, it takes some sort of that leadership role. And and this was the what I developed is really the mantra of my office. If if things went bad, I'll take the blame. That's my dog, my name on the door. If it went semi bad, okay, we all did it. But if it went good, hey, you got to have a team around you to make it look, to make it go, and to make it roll. And this was sort of the beginning of <coughs> my understanding of, of not only watching Bear Bryant's leadership, but also incorporating leadership into our regular everyday lives. How do you do that is it's so important. One of the focus, and we're going to get into a few actual things. If you want to read the book, I encourage you to. It's, it's got a lot of great anecdotal stories, and we're going to read actually some of them, and I want you to, to hear because they're so important. Um, but the focus, if you read the book, you read other autobiographies of Bear Bryant, you watch some of the movies, is the simple fact that Bear Bryant had an intense, passionate drive. He was passionate about what he did. He was passionate about football. He was passionate about his family. He was he was just uh, focused on what he did. But he also had a focus on learning and growing from others. He also had a focus on changing with the times. That's I, I, I almost got into that today. I may do it at another time. Bear Bryant coached in some of the most uh, radically changing times of of. Uh, society through the 50s, through the 80s, and and, and had to roll with those punches and, and really, uh, you know, adapt as he was uh, coaching in a way that is really, you know, uh, would be powerful lessons for us today when we have a lot of, of uh, you know, problems with civility and people not, you know, wanting to talk to each other and how people come along. 
this is something for you. So if you're listening today, you're out there exercising, maybe you're riding, you're, you're in the car, wherever you are. Uh, what I want to talk about in, in Barrett and Bryant's focus on leadership and, and looking at that. Now, you may not be an Alabama fan. In fact, you may hate Alabama. That's fine. But what I have learned in life is you can pick up good things from wherever you can find them. And when you pick up those good things and you use them, they can make your life better. So in, in looking at this with uh, Bear Bryant, this focus on hit on, you know, hard work, perseverance, you know, those kind of things that, that focused on the team around him and wherever he went, he was able to, to draw on this. The, the first, uh, thing that struck me from the book and it struck me from the one of the things I want to talk about today was vision. And this is one I'm going to be transparent here on because uh, one of the great problems in leadership is quoted in the book was, is it uh, is to be distracted, you know, rabbit trails. I will freely admit to you. And I bet you out there listening in podcast world today, if you're listening to this today and you're a leader, uh, many of us have the opportunity to be distracted. Distracted in a computer, distracted on our phone, distracted on somebody who makes a phone call in, somebody who says something, somebody that you just see, a, you know, if you're walking outside and all of a sudden the flowers look pretty and you get distracted on the fact that you're headed to the store. These are the kind of things that I think are in a big picture. We can talk and wax poetically about vision and where there's no vision, the people perish, you know, from the Bible, from, from all of these perspectives. And it is true. People have to have a vision. And, and notice here, it says the people, but the person giving that vision, the person who, who is leading that vision, the person who, who throws that vision out front, it's a twofold vision. Number one, it's a vision of, of the person. It's a vision that that person sees what they want to be, what they want to accomplish and how they want to accomplish it. And then the second half of that vision, which must be communicated. And if it's not communicated, then really, frankly, it's not the vision of leadership. It's maybe a personal vision. It may be a personal uh, you know, goal, thought, however you want to put it. But until it translates over into others capturing what you see maybe only in your head or only on your scribble pad or only when you're you know, by yourself and you're trying to, to force it, uh, a decision in your business, in your family, in, in your ball team, whatever it may be, um, until you're able to overcome the and, and get it past the what I see as a vision and then be able to communicate it to the group that you influence, that you are a influencer in or lead or by, by proxy a position or 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 marital, uh, family, uh, you know, connections with friends. Again, we all have influences. The question is what we influence and how we influence it. Vision is something that has to be, um, you know, focused on. Now, I'm going to also admit here that I struggle with this. And, and, and I'd love for you, if you want to go onto the DougCollinsPodcast.com, look, they hit the email link, send me how you've struggled. I bet you this one is one of the ones I've read a lot of leadership books focus is one of the biggest issues because we get into the middle of something, we see something else we want to do, or maybe we, you know, we're, we're getting ready and it's just easy hey, to look down at your phone and wow, that Instagram accounts, you know, I want to just keep flipping here. And the next thing, you know, 15, 20 minutes has passed and, and you're off track of what you're doing. Bear Bryant in his issue of, of vision was an interesting point. I want to read uh, a statement here because what Bear Bryant uh, in his philosophy was, was basically starting from the from the end and working backwards. And how many times uh, do we know this is a way to focus your vision? It's also a way to get an understanding of how uh, you want to follow through. Uh, Jack Smalley, who was a junior, was a linebacker in Alabama from 74 to 77. 
and he's talking about Coach Bryant's vision. He said his vision was defined very clearly, win a national championship. We didn't think about winning the first game. We wanted to win the last game and the one before it and the one before it. We worked back from the overall goal. Um, you know, this is, uh, is something important because so many times we just think of vision as this overriding, you know, arch of where we're heading. That at the end of the day, like, we're going to win a national championship. Well, that's great. How are you going to do it? And, and I think what the, what the, this player for Bryant said was, he said he told us what the goal was. It was going to be win a national championship, but it was to win the last game. And then to win the last game and to be in a position to win the last game, you had to win the game before it. You had to win the game before it. You had to win the game before it. So it was never this understanding that, you know, what do I do now to hope I get to that end result? Well, the end result in, in business, the end result in family relationships, the end result in politics, the end result is what are you wanting to accomplish? What is the goal? Now, I can take this a step further and, and move on it and from, from my perspective. It, it talks about, you know, passion and working backwards and having a passion for what you do. How many times out there do you have the vision, sort of the end result that you will have in mind, and it's a great vision. You say, this is, you know, for my company, I want to do sales goals of X. For my family, I want to have this much family time, this much uh, growth time with our family. For personally, I want to read this many books. But you put the goal out there, and then the discussion is never how do you get to the goal? Because that's where we typically, that's where it becomes hard work. That's where it becomes on a football team that Mayor Bryant coached. If you're going to win the national championship, that means it starts, you know, back in recruiting. It goes through summer practice. It goes through the first game, the second game, the third game, the SEC schedule, all the way to the end of the year. And back then when he was coaching, it was basically you win them all, win the national championship, or you don't, there, there's no playoffs. There was nothing. You had to, you know, basically find the perfect run. One loss, maybe, in a, in a, in a decent, in an interesting year. But the question is, is what are the steps that it takes? First, you have to have the vision. I see too many people, and, and I think what Coach Bryant was saying here, too many people focus on the first game. You focus on the first step. Okay, I've got to get up in the morning. I've got to, to buy this. I've got to, to hire these many people. I've got to invest here. Okay, that's great. What does that get you? The reason you look backwards and at your end result, and campaigns are like this as well, Uh my campaign consultant who I've used for years, Chip Lake and I uh, have always on any of my campaigns, we started off and saying, okay, here's where we got to be at the end of the, the day. Here's the numbers we want to hit. How do we get there? So you work backwards. So that at the end of the day, you know where you're wanting to be and you work backwards on how to get there. Bear Bryant and coaching football is no different. He want to win a national title. How do you win a national title? Well, you actually have to, you know, to put the things in place to get it to where it needs to go. So understanding vision is one thing. Understanding vision in your personal life, understanding vision in your, your family life, understanding business vision in your business uh, career is all just hinged on the fact that, number one, you know what that end result looks like, and you're willing to then work backwards from that goal to say, okay, if my business, I want to have it at sales goal of X at the end of this year, and I'm, I'm if it's, let's just say it's a, a, a million dollar sales goal, and right now you're selling 500000 well, you've got to figure out how do I then go back from there? What has to be in place to get to that one uh, million in sales goal? You know, do I have to have more salespeople? Do I have to have more product? Do I have to change my pricing? You know, all of this kind of stuff builds into the product. So you go backwards one game at a time. Just like uh, the player for Coach uh, Bear Bryant said, he said, we wanted to win a national title. He said, but we had to win the last game, which meant we had to win the game before it, which meant we had to win the game before it. 
and, and as you see the progression. Now, one of the interesting uh, points of vision is being able to communicate. And anybody who's ever watched any old clips or old video of Bear Bryant, I'd encourage you to go listen to it. He was not the most forceful or eloquent of speakers in the sense of, of understanding. He was very, he had a very gruff voice. He, he spoke uh, very hushed tones. Everybody, you know, when he spoke, it was the old, from those of us in my generation, the old EF Hutton advertising, when EF Hutton talks, everybody listens. Well, when Bear Bryant spoke, everybody listened. And, and it was, it was just how his voice carried. Now communication of your vision, what we just talked about was very important. And, but there's a quote that uh, was used in the book, and, and I think it's a it's a fitting quote to look at now, because when you're communicating, uh, Sam Walton, who founded Walmart, made this uh, statement once. He said, "Communicate everything that you can with your partners, aka employees, in Walmart's vernacular, because the more you communicate with them, the more they'll understand, and the more they understand, the more they'll care, and once they care, there's no stopping them." I think this is the the key that fit Bear Bryant. He goes on to tell the story of, of Bear Bryant used to take uh, you know heads of English departments and others to games, you know, or away games, just to incorporate uh, the whole school into the the program itself. And Bear Bryant was speaking one day, and, and the kids, the 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 guys on the team were leaning in because he was he used a, a very soft voice. He wanted to make sure that they were listening and heard and um, the English head of the English department was with him. And he, in, at the end of the day, he said, if I could get ki- to keep a room's attention like he can, he said, I would teach for free. And when you see good communication and, and it doesn't have to be a one stereotypical form, it doesn't have to come in perfect English. It doesn't have to come in, you know, a steady monotone voice, or it could come, it doesn't have to come in a loud voice. It can come, it, it's gotta be authentic. And for Bear Bryant, it was truly authentic. And in, in looking at this, communication is also knowing what motivates the team you're currently with. Bear Bryant had, had a way of listening and answering questions. And I, we'll get to that in just a minute in an empowering uh, folks a, as we go. But you've got to understand he also cared about people and was sense enough to listen and communicating. Sometimes it's not only verbal. Sometimes it is not only a, a uh, action idea, but it is a way that you can communicate for, for longer times, for longer periods of time. And you always don't know what you're planning when you plan it. And I think this is one of the greatest uh, stories about communicating, knowing what your team needs, and, and maybe not knowing it at the time, but always leaving an impression that may or may not end up helping you in the future. I see so many people today in their communication skills that become curt or, or abrupt and they end relationships that may not benefit them at that moment, but could benefit them down the road. And there's a, a story in this book. It's a little bit longer story, but I do want to read it to you because I'll tell you about it because it really makes this, this idea. And if I can emphasize this to younger folks listening to the podcast and especially, and even some older uh, folks as well as podcast, leaving an impression will uh, make a difference. And we've got to remember too many times in politics today, and I'll just say this from a concern, we've seen politics as a zero sum game. In other words, you win or you lose, that's it. The reality is, is you can win and you can lose. But the question is, is will you be there for the next battle? And right now I see too many of our politicians. I see too many people in, in business. I see too many people in media that simply go for the gut story, go for the one time and never see it in a longer picture. 
Bear Bryant saw treating people, looking at people, listening for people in a much uh, different format. Um, when he was first coach at, uh, hired his coach at Alabama, uh, he went to South Alabama recruiting a prospect who was supposed to have been a pretty good player, and I was he was having trouble finding uh, a place to eat. He says, getting hungry, and he spied an old cinder block building uh, with a small sign out front that simply said restaurant. Now, he said, it seems I, I uh, he said, I pulled up, got, got, went in, and every head in the place turned to stare at me. He said, it seems I was the only white fellow in the place. But the food smelled good, so I, sit, I skip a table and go to the cement bar and sit. And a big old man in a T-shirt came up and Cap came over and said, what do you need? He said, I told him I needed lunch, and what did they have? He said, you probably won't like it here. Today we're having chitlins, collard greens, black-eyed peas with cornbread. He said, I bet you don't even know what chitlins are, do you? <laughs> and Bear Bryant said, he said, I looked him square in the eye and said, I'm from Arkansas, and I've, had, I've eaten a mile of them. Sounds like I'm in the right place. They all smiled, and he left as he left to serve me up a big plate. When he came back, he said, you ain't from around here then. I explained I was a new football coach up at Tuscaloosa at the University, and I'm here to find whatever that boy's name was. And he says, yeah, I've heard of him. He's supposed to be pretty good. And he gives me direction to the school so I can meet him and his coach. As I was paying up to leave, uh, I remember my manners and leave a tip. Not too big to be flashy, but one good one. And he told me lunch was on him. But I told him that for a lunch that good, I felt I should pay. The big man asked me if I had a photograph or something he could hang up to show I'd been there. And I was so new, I didn't even have any yet. He said, I really wasn't that big a uh, thing back then to be asked for. So I took a napkin, wrote his name and address on it, and I told him I'd get him one. I met the kid I was looking for later that afternoon, and I don't remember his name, but I do remember that I didn't think much of him when I met him. I had wasted a day or so, I thought. When I got back to Tuscaloosa late that night, I took out the napkin from my shirt pocket and put it away under my key so I wouldn't forget it. Back then, I was excited that anybody would want a picture of me. The next day, we found a picture, and I wrote it. Thanks for the best lunch I ever had. Now, let's go a whole bunch of years down the road. Now, we have black players at Alabama, and I'm back down in that part of the country scouting an offensive lineman we sure needed. Y'all remember, and I forgot his name, but it's not important uh, anymore on who it was. He said, well, anyway, I was down there. He said, I found two friends. Go he's got two friends going to Auburn, and he tells me that he's got his heart set on Auburn, too. So I leave empty-handed and go and see some of the others while I'm down there. Two days later, I'm in my office in Tuscaloosa, and the phone rings, and it's the kid who turned me down, and he says, Coach, do you still want me at Alabama? And I said, yes, yeah, sure do. He says, okay, he'll come. And I said, well, son, what changed your mind? He said, when my grandpa found out that I had a chance to play for you and said no, he pitched a fit and told me I wasn't going nowhere but Alabama and wasn't playing for nobody but you. He thinks a lot of you and has ever since y'all met. Well, I wasn't, I didn't know his granddaddy from Adam's house cat. So I asked him who his granddaddy was. And he said, you probably don't remember him, but you ate at his restaurant. You're at your first year at Alabama. And you sent him a picture that's hung on that wall ever since. He said that picture is his pride and joy. And he still tells everybody to this day that Bear Bryant came in and had chitlins with him. My grandpa said that when you left there, he never expected you to remember him or send up that picture, but you kept your word and you gave grandpa and that to him that's everything he said you could teach me more than football and i had to play for a man like you so i guess i'm going to i was floored but i learned that the lessons my mama taught me were always right i don't do nothing to be nice i don't do nothing it don't cost nothing to do the right thing most of the time and it cost a lot to lose your good name by breaking your word to someone you know 
how true that is. I mean, that was a, I mean, he could have forgot that picture. He could have forgot that to that time. He could have forgot, you know, that, that he had asked for that, but he didn't. And it didn't solve anything for him in that short term. He didn't get the, the prospect he was looking for, but years later it came back. Vision and communicating and being understanding to those around you and listening and answering questions are the thing that will set you apart. You empower people by investing in them. Bear Bryant had all of these winning teams, and there's you know there's all these things in here from you know his humility. I mean, he was a uh, as we say down in, in here in the South, he was he pull mouth uh, better than anybody. I mean. You know, he, he want, there's a story in the book where he talks about where they go to the out to the bowl game and they're going to play UCLA. And he said, you know, I thought when I first heard it, we we're going to play University of Central Louisiana. He said, when I found out it was UCLA, he said, I wasn't so sure I wanted to go. <laughs> this was three days before they beat UCLA 30 to, uh, to six. Um, there's a lot that goes into a personality. There's a lot that goes into leadership. And in this fun little lesson today, I wanted I want you just to understand that when you think about, you know, who gets the credit, you focus on your passions, you do the things that you that you you feel called to do. You have to have a vision that uh says, I'm gonna stay focused on what I need to focus on. I'm gonna stay focused on uh on the things that I do well. I'm gonna get others who do, who do things better than I do, and I'm gonna bring them on board with this plan. I'm gonna get this uh team together and we're gonna focus on uh you know, what would be uh, the the end results as you go forward? Because if you go to the to, to the, the end result and work your way back, then you'll hit the steps you need to get to that desired outcome. But you got to communicate. And communication comes in knowing your players, knowing your team, knowing your people around you, and knowing yourself, and caring about them, and actually investing in those people who you may not think can help you at the moment, whether you realize it or not, but may be there later for you in life. How many times... Does that blown promise, that blown tip, that blown attitude actually in, in a meeting with others end up coming back around to something that could help you? I've always believed uh, when I was in the state legislature in Georgia, the U.S. Congress, I always got to know the people who cleaned my offices, I always got to know the ones who was security at the doors. And it was amazing. When you get to know them, you ask about them and you find out about them. I mean, look, they're not lobbyists. They weren't going to help you know, craft legislation, but they were people. And it was amazing how much you gained from just learning about people that had no real maybe influence in your life at that time. But you know something? It sure was important one night when I left my uh, locked myself out of my office. Nobody else was around, but I found uh, the person at uh, Cleansmile and knew them, and they would let me back in. Or when I needed something else, it's amazing when you just do little things for people in your team and the people around you, and maybe for people you don't even think could ever help you. That's what lays the groundwork for not only a vision and the communication, and then also listening and taking the opportunity to implement those dreams and visions. A lot more I could go into uh, here in the book with uh, Bear Bryant. If you want to know more about him, one, go get this book, uh, Bear Bryant on Leadership. But there's a lot of other uh, materials out there. This is one of those times for conservatives, especially for, for those who listen to this podcast. Broaden your mind. It's time, maybe time to learn something. Uh, Bear Bryant has a lot of interesting stuff. There'll be some who agree. There'll be some who disagree. There's always that kind of things in, in life when you talk about somebody and you, you lift up uh, some of the things that they did. But my question for you as we close out the podcast today is, is do you have that vision? I don't care what age you are. I'm, you know, I'm still looking at this even today in my own life. What is the vision I have for the next few years of my life? Where, where am I going to be headed? What can I do to help others? How can I get other people to invest in that? Uh, I got to communicate that. If I don't communicate it, 
that nobody's going to know. And this is as much convicting on me right now as it may be for you listening to this. I'm not one of those who give out leadership advice and tell you I get it right every time. I'm one who gives you these leadership advices that I've learned and say, hey, apply this and it works. When I've applied it, it works. When I've not applied it, I found that it doesn't work. I wish I could do it consistently. But that's how you get better at it. Casting that vision, working backwards from that vision, communicating that idea to others around you, investing in others by knowing them, asking them questions, and then listening to the answers and finding. When you do that, that's how we come out on the head. Ahead in life and ahead in our families and ahead in our businesses. Leadership lessons can be learned anywhere. They don't have to be from the smartest people in the world. They don't have to be from PhDs in ivory towers. They may come from a football coach on the sidelines who's been gone for a long time now. But leadership lessons that truly matter are eternal, I believe, and they can be applied in your situation. Go out and have you a great day. Make yourself and others around you better. Hey, everybody, my pillow. I just wanted to let you know, my pillow is having the biggest sheet sale of the year. Uh, you have all have helped build my pillow into an amazing company that it is today. And now Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. Uh, the Percal bed sheet is set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly priced at $89.98, but it is now only $39.98 with our listener promo code. Order now because they, when they're gone, they're gone. You're not going to be able to get it. These Percale sheets are breathable. They have cool, crisp feel. They feel they come with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-986-3994. Use the promo code Collins, C-O-L-L-I-N-S, or you can go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use the promo code Collins, C-O-L-L-I-N-S. Lisa and I sleep on these sheets every night. You will want to have them as well. They're a wonderful product. Go right now, either 800-986-3994, code word Collins, or go to MyPillow.com. Also use the code word Collins to get this discount. You will not regret it.